Blog Talk Radio. You heard of the quiet storm. Now be ready for the thunderstorm. It's a show where we can't be quiet. Discussing world affairs from the Christian hip hop perspective. That's right, the Christian hip hop perspective. With your host, Christian hip hop artist and sports blogger, GQ Forever. So turn up your radio. You are now listening to The Thunderstorm. Let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, guess what it is? You heard it. That's something like our announcement. The mics are on. We're on. 8.01 p.m. 8.318. The storm is on. And ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get into it. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. As we do a quick little roll call here, I'm seeing a little bit of Greensboro and Greenville. I'm seeing some Columbia, South Carolina. I'm seeing some Las Vegas, Nevada, some California, some Texas, some 305, 786s, which means Miami is on. I'm seeing some 404. That can only be Atlanta, 919. Shout out to the Raleigh Durham era. Shout out to D.C., Baltimore. I see some Philly. I see some New Jersey. I don't see no New York. But I know they're tuning in. Thank you one and all for tuning in. Take some time out your Friday to hang out with the fellas from the storm. 602-753-1759. Follow us on Twitter at GQ Forever at Storm Sports 66 at Storm Radio 66. At Inside Eagles. Like the Facebook pages, Inside the Eagles, the Thunderstorm Hip Hop Sports Entertainment Network. Jeffrey Knox, editor, sports writer, journalist. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bookmarks on 2N and Stitcher and iTunes. Email us at thunderstormradio66 at gmail and thunderstormsports66 at gmail. Hit us up on Skype. Hit us up on WhatsApp. Hit us up on Blog Talk Radio, where we're simulcast right now. And make sure you slap your neighbors, tell them to call the number, 602-753-1759. The show is loaded, as it always is. We had a tie on the old school bus. A tie. What? Can't make this stuff up. We had a tie on the old school bus. So we got two champions right now. We're going to have to go ahead and go to a round two. Got to figure out who the champion is. Doesn't mean Prince is eliminated. He's still the champ. But... There's a tie for the top spot on the old school bus. And the time permits, I have a third song. Because what we're going to do tonight, musically, is we're going to do some of the most requested and loved songs in the history of the storm. The ones y'all keep asking us to play. We got a dashboard mm-hmm. with like 400, 500 songs on it. And we got about eight or nine that just uh, just capture the hearts of the Thunderstorm audience. They're almost like miniature theme songs to what we do. Um... Shout out to my boy Rare Breed because he's got a couple of them we're going to be playing tonight. Shout out to um, shout out to KD7 and shout out to everybody, man. Shout out to the 47 Disciple who's always been a big supporter of the show. 
Shout out to the Crosslink mm-hmm. Movement. Shout out to Christ Like Flow. Shout out to everybody who supports Christian hip hop. Shout out to the Storm Chasers. Shout out to everybody, man. We just showing love to every single person as we venture in to the 8:05 p.m. Eastern hour. Officially five minutes into the show, one hour and 55 minutes remaining. So we will not waste any more of your time. We're going to get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Tom Brady's birthday. <laughs> Y'all didn't get excited enough about that, ladies and gentlemen. Some of you at home upset about that. But let me say it again. It's the GOAT's birthday. Get that man to stand an ovation. Appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it. Tom Brady turns 41. Now, I do have to throw a quick shot in there. That reminds me of the score of Super Bowl 52. Yeah. 41-33 in favor of the Philadelphia Eagles, ladies and gentlemen. An eight-point victory giving the Eagles their first Lombardi trophy in the history of the organization. Four championships deep, one Super Bowl, more to come. 41 years old is Tom Brady. And some of you still don't like this man. It's time for the Petty Wop Award. <laughs> Some of you cannot get past the fact that three Super Bowls have been played since the Flategate. Or is it four now? It's been four Super Bowls since the Flategate, hasn't it? Four it's Super cool. Bowls, ladies and gentlemen, since the Flategate. And y'all are still calling this man a cheater. May I remind y'all that footballs are adjusted in every single locker room. Cam Newton has a guy whose job is to sand down the footballs to make it to make the grip more to his suitable uh, his suitable standards and his liking. Kickers want the ball to feel a certain way when their foot touches it. We got guys that either take sand and, and they sand down the football. We take guys who try to try to make it feel like the football is a little bit newer because they busting up in these new footballs for every single game and they want to they want to kind of get the grip the way they want it. There are guys who are assigned to get their football feeling like their quarterback wants it to feel. Yes, if you're in the cold and the football is deflated, it makes it a little easier to catch the football. That is a fact. What is also a fact is when you inflate a football and you put it outside in the cold, there's no guarantee that it was deflated by the person that's on the sidelines. Sometimes that happens a little naturally. Just look at your tires when you go outside sometime in the wintertime. Did that give the Patriots a competitive advantage? Possibly. But it's kind of hard to argue that when the score was a blowout. It wasn't like they only won by three. People get upset when we talk about the Patriots because they talk about Spygate and recording sidelines and things of that nature. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody records what happens on the other team. It's called game film. That's what they watch during the week. The Patriots just took it a step further and decided we're going to also record hand signals. People record people on other teams all the time. That's nothing new. People adjust the feel of footballs. That's nothing new. The Patriots just decided, hey, why don't we just take it a step further? You know what that's called? That's called trying to seize a competitive advantage. It happens all the time. It happens in business. It happens in the legal world. It happens in split sales and marketing. That also happens in football. You know who else cheats? The Seattle Seahawks. But you don't believe that. They're the most penalized team in the NFL. You know what Pete Carroll's theory is about certain things? 
we're going to commit penalties on every single play. The referees aren't going to throw the flag all the time. <laughs> sometimes we'll get away with stuff. Sometimes we won't. We'll grab people at the line of scrimmage. We'll, uh, how can I say this without being too graphic and getting a whole lot of emails? There's no way to say it except to say it. In the fumble, and then we pile up in the fumble, we're going to squeeze some testicles. <laughs> Make people want to let go of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to trip, clip, bite, scratch, do whatever we have to do. You know why? Because the referee is not going to throw a penalty on everything. The Seahawks cheat all the time, but nobody looks at them that way. You know why? Because they got the two Super Bowls, they won one. People claim not to like dynasties and power teams, but we love power teams. Nobody watches the underdog as much as you claim to like watching the underdog. You know what you watch when people get into the NCAA Final Four in the tournament? You watch the power teams. One time, George Mason got on a run, and they made it all the way to the Final Four. Nobody watched that game. You want to see Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, and all the power conferences. In football, you tune in to watch Alabama. You want to see them win or lose. You want to see Clemson. You don't tune in to watch Michigan State, Iowa, the underdog. Nobody watches that game. But I regress. Let's get back to the GOAT. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback I have ever seen, and I've seen a lot of them. And I'm saying that as someone who doesn't even support the Patriots. I'm taking my I'm taking my slanted opinions out of the argument, and I'm just looking as a football fan. He's better than John Elway. He's better than Joe Montana. But some of y'all want to complain and you want to call him a system quarterback. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Montana was a system quarterback. Joe Montana became who he was because of Bill Walsh and the system, the West Coast offense. Later on in life, it became Brett Favre's offense, the West Coast offense, under Mike Holmgren and Andy Reid. Well, hold on right there, GQ. Brett Favre went and was successful with the Minnesota Vikings as well. He was still in the West Coast offense. By then, it was Brad Childress, who was an Andy Reid disciple, who became the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Brett Favre is a system quarterback. That is only a flaw, quote-unquote, if you're Tom Brady. A man who has won, yes, with Randy Moss, but a man who has also won with Deion Branch and a broken-down Corey Dillon. It doesn't matter who you put around number 12, he's been successful. He's won with Gronk, he's won without him. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, and if you can't realize that, that's a you problem. I welcome in my co-hosts and my co-pilots for the night. Got my man Trail and my man DC. How y'all doing, fellas? Doing good, doing good, man. How y'all doing? How you doing? Man, I'm chilling, man. It's Tom Brady's birthday. It's the GOAT's birthday, man. How can I be anything but happy? He turns 41. (laughs) The same amount of – he turned in years with with the Philadelphia Eagles put up with points in the Super Bowl, and I'm just ecstatic, man. I I hit a number number 41, I get turned up. (laughs) (laughs) I I know you were going to find a way to fit that in. (laughs) Yeah, I wish uh... been a great week, man. It's been a great week. I'm uh, jacked up off Skittles. I'm jacked off off some pills. I asked everybody a while ago if they can find me like some kind of energy pill or some kind of vitamin. Nobody's hit me up yet. Y'all are hit me up to tell me something wrong, but nobody hit me up to tell me that uh, you found a vitamin for me. But I get email after email when I say something they don't like. Of course. Here's an immediate email. I know. 
GQ, you missed the mark on this one again. What about that season when the New England Patriots went 11-5 and and Tom Brady wasn't on the field? They win because of Belichick, not because of Tom Brady. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was waiting on somebody to come up with that one. Mm-mm. I knew that one was coming, and I was ready. It's chess, not checkers. Let's talk about the 2008 New England Patriots for a second. They finished second in the AFCs. They didn't qualify for the playoffs, even with an 11-5 record. But let's look at some of the wins and some of the losses. In the 17-week season, they met the Miami Dolphins twice. They met the San Diego Chargers. Not quite a powerhouse. They had Phillip Rivers, so they always got a chance to Phillip Rivers. They played in Qualcomm Stadium. They lost a game on the road against the Hall of Fame quarterback. No shame in that. They beat uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Not Andy Reid's Chiefs. Just a broken-down Chiefs team. They beat the St. Louis Rams. They beat a bad Denver Broncos team. They beat the San Francisco 49ers. Not Jim Harbaugh's 49ers. The ones with Alex Smith. They beat the Buffalo Bills twice. They beat the Arizona Cardinals. They beat the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, wait. Not Pete Carroll's Seattle Seahawks. Mike Holmgren. And then they beat the Oakland Raiders, who for some reason hired Tom Cable as a coach. So let's go here. The 2008 Patriots, who were so good they didn't need Tom Brady, beat Buffalo, Arizona, Oakland, Seattle, Miami, the Jets, the Rams, the St. Louis Rams, the Denver Broncos, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Kansas City Chiefs. When they actually played teams that can actually play, they lost. They lost to the Chargers. They lost to the Colts with Peyton Manning. They actually lost a game in overtime to the Jets, and they lost to a good Pittsburgh Steelers team. You know it. <laughs> Think that might have something to do with this 11-5 record? Y'all just like to go to, we don't need Tom Brady. We went 11-5 in 2008, but look who they were playing. Tom Cable and Mike Holmgren, Seattle Seahawks. That doesn't strengthen your argument. It lessens it. Tom Brady is the GOAT. He's so good, he makes what he's doing look easy, and you guys can't handle it. I don't know why you guys can't stand excellence. You hate Duke because we're the epitome of what an NCAA national basketball team should look like. We're the epitome of what college basketball should look like. Coach K is a genius. And you hate yes. them because they continue to win. Everybody liked the Patriots when they made it to the Super Bowl the first time and they played the St. Louis Rams. You hate them now because they're a dynasty. You know why? Mm-hmm. It's the same reason you hate when Kevin Durant goes and joins oh, a dynasty. No, sir. No, <laughs> because sir. you're haters. It's because so. misery... It was because misery loves company, and Tom Brady is the epitome of winning, and LeBron James is the epitome of winning. And when anybody gets too successful and they win too much, all of a sudden we just can't deal with the fact that they're successful because that's what we are. We're we're jealous, and misery loves company. Just my opinion. I was rolling. 
I was rolling with you on the boat. We was we was here. We was together. And then you brought up Kevin Durant. Stop this <laughs> argument. You're not going to win. No, sir. I do everything you said. But that. Stop that. Cut it out. Uh-uh. He don't get no pass. The Kevin... The Kevin Durant thing exists for one reason, man. And regardless of whether or not you like what Kevin Durant did, had Kevin Durant joined this powerhouse of a team and lost, nobody would have a problem. It's the fact that he won. We can both agree on that, can't we? People hate the Patriots because they win too much. And when people win too much, we begin to hate people that win too much. Especially, especially, I hate to make it a race thing, but especially some of our people. We like you as long as you win and as long as you sign an autographs in the middle of the mall. Just don't get too successful because <laughs> then we can't like you anymore. We don't like Tom Brady because Tom Brady is – Tom Brady didn't, wasn't sold to us the same way they tried to sell Peyton Manning. They sell Peyton Manning trying to tell us, yo, this guy's just like you. He wears Wrangler jeans. He drinks a little Budweiser. <laughs> he drives pickup trucks. Yeah. They're trying to sell John Madden. John Madden is just a guy that likes football, just like you. He's fat out of shape. John John Madden was rich. John Madden wasn't like you. But we can deal with those people because they're sold to be like us. You know who we hate? Tiger Woods, LeBron James, and we hate Tom Brady. You know why? Because they were never sold to us like these guys are just like you. These guys are like so like these are the elite guys. They come around once in a generation. LeBron James's motto is you are all witnesses. <laughs> he is not just like you. His motto is catch me if you can. I'm here. Maybe one day if you get good at something, you can be here too. Tiger Woods' whole thing was I push Rolex watches. You can't even buy one. <laughs> that's why we hate those people, and that's why we hate Tom Brady. But to the GOAT, the greatest of all time, the best to ever do it, I say salute you because as a football fan, it has been a joy to watch him. I don't care if they won five Super Bowls. I don't care if they've been successful. I don't care if nobody else can beat them. It has been a joy to watch Belichick coach. It has been a joy to watch Tom Brady play if you're a football fan. And happy 41st birthday to the GOAT. 41, the same amount of points the Eagles scored in Super Bowl 52. Thank you for joining the storm. We got a movie review for me coming up from my man DC here in a minute. We gonna get on the bus right now, man. Not quite the old school bus, man, but we got to go back and we got to pay tribute to some of the great records that have been played on the storm because everybody's got mm-hmm. their favorites. Let's go a little sold out, uh, rare breed, and we'll be right back with you. You know, I've lost friends over what I believed in, been rejected for making positive changes. But honestly, if living right and following Christ means I've sold out, well, forget it, man. I take that. Yeah, I see I've been down that road before, but I know there's something better. Tired of depression. I'm tired of being fed up. Bled out of my heart, though people said I had a leg up and tried to knock me back when I would gain my strength to get up. You ever felt that way? Now you gon' have to put a hand up. Follow me down to the cross. See, it's time to man up. Repent for all your sins for every night of getting hammered. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Have your soul washed as white as banner. Why you chasing fame? Dollar signs are not an answer. Money isn't evil, but the love of it is cancer. Eat your insides up and leave you dirty in a hamper. Cry you miserable and lonely. Wait, smile for the camera. Sold your soul for glamour. Then you try and tell 
accommodation Well, I tell you 20 million cannot buy you his salvation Time is very limited, soon we'll have to face the Counselor that gives us everything that we've been chasing Then a judgment day will come, I really hope we make it What a pity it would be if on that day you're getting wasted I don't believe in my lie, he cannot feel my pain I believe in Jesus Christ and I do this in his name If you never heard the gospel, if you never heard the word Bring your life down to the altar, we can show you what it's worth We've been through all types of struggles, we've been through all kinds of hurt If that means I'm giving in, cause I hate sin, I'll just admit I'm sold out Keep your money, your false idols, and your women I love my wife, I love my church, I'll teach my children for 
the loss and my shoulders are out of place. Ah. I ain't even worried about a record deal, nah, y'all keep that jazz, look, I'd rather do it for my team to be a slave to a label and a trick for the cash, 100% real, no math, add concrete cause everybody goes hard, everywhere we go we get the best reception, FFM, whole team got bars, rappers nowadays promoting the wrong mission, they ain't wonder why kids grow up in the system, I wore the same shoes, breaking all the same rules, no A&E when I say that I needed an intervention, woke up, felt like I was in a coma, got a blood transfusion, held down at the altar, now I'm alive to give everybody the story of how I made it out instead of laying in a coffin. called in the uh, medical arena bedpan bullets. 
They just shoot straight through you, and bam, they're in the bedpan. So don't hit me up about Flintstone vitamins. I'm not going to listen to you. I need a healthy vitamin choice. 602-753-1759. Call the show. We got a movie review. DC, what you got? All right, people. Now, today I just seen Mission Impossible, The Fallout, starring Tom Cruise. And mm-hmm. from this two-hour and 28-minute movie, um, what can I say? It was it was it was rather okay. Not not the best work I expected from Tom Brady, but it, it, I do recommend people go see it. You know, if you like good fight scenes, a uh, little bit of suspense, and what else can I say? I guess like if you like seeing Tom Cruise doing his own stunts, then this movie's for you. But all in all, compared to like Jack Reacher and all this other work, I give this a six. Like. Like you, like you guys know how when you see a, a preview of a movie and it just catch you and then be like, oh yeah, I gotta go see that. Yeah, that, that's what mm-hmm. this movie did to me. I was like, man, you know what? This this one might be a hit. Tom might have something with this one. And you know he got Angela Bassett in it. And what's what's the guy's name who played Holiday or the guy from Baby Boy? He played the mom's Van Ryan. What's that guy's name? Van, 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 yeah, Van Yeah, yeah, him in it too. Not not even them can say this movie, man. Like so from my scale of one to ten, I had to give it a six. I'm hurt to hear that, man, because growing up I was a huge Mission Impossible fan, man. Like I really I really liked a lot of the old shows that came on, like your Nick at Nights and things of that nature. I'm a big Columbo guy, I'm a big Dragnet guy. Uh love Matt Luck, love Get Smart, love Mission Impossible, man. So I'm I'm just upset to continue to see that there's just a string of Mission Impossible movies that just continue to just miss the mark. And uh, I don't know how I feel about that. What you got on that trail? Um, I'm upset because the last couple Mission Impossibles have been pretty good, if you ask me. So to hear that, you know, yeah. this one didn't live up to the bill, kind of it kind of upsets me because I was really thinking about going to see it. And now that you gave it a six, I don't know if I want to waste my money. I mean, because I was just saying this because, like, if you're if you've seen all the movies, you basically know what's going to happen next. You know who's going to do what, what's going to happen, who's going to do what the who is 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 all too predictable. So, if you, if, you, if you're that kind of fan, trust me, you're you're going to know what happens before they even say it. It's just too predictable for me. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Yeah, I understand. This is going here. Huge Mission Impossible fan. I just, I'm, I don't know why I don't like it. I mean, I just, I feel like there's a lack in the entertainment uh, value of it. But I'm not a Tom Cruise guy either. I don't know if that's playing into it or not. But I'm just not a Tom Cruise guy. I, I like a couple of his movies. I mean, you know, he did okay. I, I don't put him in the top echelon of actors, but that's just me. When I think of star actors, he, he probably wouldn't be on my top ten list, but uh, I like some of his work. Okay, but I have a question for you guys. Do you feel that this is so many strings of these Mission Impossible movies that could be the effect of why it's so low, or it's just Tom Brady's getting up there in age? I mean, Tom Cruise uh, had Tom Brady. Mm. <laughs> uh-huh, um, I think I can yeah, forgive the casting of Tom Cruise. Yeah. Tom, Tom Brady probably would have made it to eight or nine himself. But, uh, 
<laughs> oh, here he goes. <laughs> Tom Brady's the greatest, man. Like, Tom Brady just makes anything better. Like, I mean, people just don't realize what we've been witnessing, and you're going to miss him when he's gone. Like, seriously. Like, happy birthday, Tom Brady. But as far as Tom Cruise goes, man, I probably would forgive him if it isn't for the fact that it's Mission Impossible, but even in a good Mission Impossible movie, I probably could sit through some Tom Cruise. Uh, I kind of feel that way about Brad Pitt sometimes. Um, I'm not convinced Brad Pitt is as great as everybody says he is. I think he's just casting the good movies, and we just tend to like him. But I don't know. That's just me. A lot of these guys, I feel like it's giving too much credit. Leonardo DiCaprio... And it's time. It's his time to win Best Actor because he never won it before. And it's like it's the reason why he never won it before. He's not the best. <laughs> either Best Actor means that you Best Actor to me means man that you either carried a movie and the movie was good because of you, or you were the best actor in a great movie. And that's never been Leonardo DiCaprio to me. True. Well, I mean, I mean, it's so it's funny you say that, and I I I, I make you some hey, hey, for this, but I feel the same way about Holly Berry. Oh. Oh, oh, wait a minute now. You ain't going to talk about Halle. Oh, hold on now. No. I went back and watched some of her movies. I, I don't see what the big hype is. I done went back and seen Catwoman. Uh-uh. I done seen her with the movie and Bruce uh, Willis. And then let's not talk about her latest movie. Oh, my God. That thing was hard. The one where the, what was the name of the one where the son got kidnapped? Uh, what? It might have, I forgot the name of it. Is it called? I think it was called Kidnap, didn't it? Yeah, I think it's yeah, called Kidnap. That one was good. That one was good. Now, she, now, hey, no. she did a good job with that. No. No, that movie was Paul Red oh, Bull. I'm sorry. Uh-uh. That movie did not catch uh-uh. my attention. I don't even know how I stayed oh, awake. No, oh, no, sir. I don't know what you was watching. We ain't watching the same movie then, man, because ain't no way. Nah, I guess oh, not. See, that, see, that goes back to my... And that goes back to my Leonardo DiCaprio mo- moment. Are we talking about the fact that this is a great movie, or is this is this a great movie we put somebody else in it, or is this a great movie because Halle Berry is in it? Like, that's where I'm at with it. I say it's a great uh, movie. I mean, I, I said it was a great movie because she's in it. That cool, one was pretty cool. good. I like the Losing Isaiah joint, too, though. <laughs> Losing Isaiah was was a joint. I think she did a good job in that one. It was a classic. But I think There was a joint I, she I did think, with... I think... Uh, I think <clears throat> I'm sorry. But I think that's where, like, the hype got her, you know, then after that, I just, I didn't see, I didn't see it no more after losing Isaiah. It's just everything else just with the flop. That's, but that's just my I opinion. think she showed a flash. I think she showed a flash in the Benicio Del Toro joint. Um, yeah, I think the, the, a lot of the reason the, the other joint with the, uh, with the white boys, because she got undressed for the white boy, you know, we tend to love that in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, she I mean, that, she that, loses all her morals and everything, and strips butt naked, and all of a sudden she can win an Emmy. She can win a uh, she can win a Tony now, whatever she's got. What is that, an Emmy or a Grammy or what is that? I thought it was. A, I think it's it an Academy Emmy. Award. You win uh, you win an Academy Oscar. Award for taking your clothes off now. Oscar, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Anyway, I stopped watching award shows a long time ago because the people that are supposed to win never win. Like Leonardo DiCaprio, man. They're like, this dude deserves to win one because he's never won one before. Like, he didn't win one for a reason. And not winning one before is not a reason to win it now. <laughs> you can't give this man a makeup, a makeup Oscar. Like, we never gave him one, so we're going to give him this one? That, that, the same thing, that Revenant movie. The Revenant movie would have been good if anybody was in it. That's true. It's not a good movie because of Leonardo DiCaprio. 
don't I can, know. I can see that. I've I never can, been. I, I, I ain't gonna let you talk about Halle though. You you was wrong about Halle. I'm not gonna let you do that. Huh? Huh? No. She, Look, she I, 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 I respect how I respect Halle Berry so much. I really do. But just growing like growing up and now going back and watching all the movies is like I I don't see what the big hype was. Like I, I don't. Uh, that's, that's, just, that's just how I feel. I got something for y'all, fellas. Got something for you. Got something for you. Check this out. Okay, so we gave a Petty Wap Award to everybody who's still talking about Tom Brady as a cheater all these years later. Um, mm-hmm. It might be time to dust off the old Doing Too Much Award. I got to find the sound Ooh. effect for the Doing Too Much Award, man, but it might be time to bring that one back. Here's the one that really would have won the, the Doing Too Much Award back in the days, but definitely gets it today. Headline. Man arrested after going head-to-head with a bison at Yellowstone National. <laughs> oh, no. All right, man. A man who was seen okay. on video attempting to go head-to-head with a bison at Yellowstone National Park has been arrested, according to the National Park yeah. Service. Raymond Rinky of Pendleton, Oregon, was arrested by park rangers Thursday night, the NPS said in a press release. Rinky had been traveling to multiple national parks over the last week and was first arrested by rangers at Grand Teton National Park in Seton County, Wyoming, on July 28th for a drunken disorderly conduct incident, according to NPS. Rinky made his way to Yellowstone National Park about seven miles north after he spent the night in jail and was released on bond. The incident with the bison is believed to have happened on Tuesday after Yellowstone Rangers stopped Rinky for a traffic violation, during which he appeared to be, quote, intoxicated and argumentative, the release states. The Rangers had released several wildlife harassment reports from concerned park visitors, they received, excuse me, and issued a citation to Rinky later that evening. The video was released after the citation had been issued. Rinky, who had previously told Rangers that he planned to travel about 400 miles north to Glacier National Park, was apprehended after Rangers there responded to the many Glacier Hotel reports that two arguing guests were creating a disturbance in the hotel dining room. Rangers identified one of those guests to be Rinky, and he was arrested and transported to the Yellowstone Jail. He appeared in court on Friday where he was charged with feeding, touching, frightening, or intentionally disturbing of wildlife, according to the federal court documents. Yellowstone National Park Superintendent Dan Winky reminded park goers that harassing wildlife is illegal in any national park. The video also prompted new warnings from park officials. I'm watching Vegas. I'm watching the video at the same time. They showed it first on Good Morning America. <laughs> this individual's behavior in the video is reckless, dangerous, and illegal. A spokesman of the a spokesman for the public affairs of the Yellowstone National Park told ABC News, we need people to be stewards of Yellowstone, and one way to do that is to keep your distance from wildlife. Lindsay Jones said she was driving with her family through Hayden Valley in Yellowstone when traffic slowed due to bison. She then spotted a man trying to approach the animal. <laughs> I'm not making this up, man. We noticed behind us a man in socks and no shoes walking up the road towards bison. Have you ever seen a bison? Do you know how big those things are? <laughs> he gestured yeah, to the animal to get off the road and then proceeded to challenge it. Joe said the bison went after him a couple of times and he carried on with what he was doing before he was bothered. <laughs> she said the unidentified man did not appear to be injured and was unsure of what happened to him once she left the area, <laughs> according to National Park. 
Regulations require people to remain at least 25 yards away from animals like bison and elk and 100 yards away from bears and wolves. These distances safeguard both visitors and the experience of sharing a landscape with thousands of free-roaming animals. I'm going to stop right there, man. Do you have to be told to stay 100 yards away from a bear and a wolf? <laughs> we have to be told that. We have to be told don't take on a bison head-to-head. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what, who in their right mind going to mess with an animal that's that large. Like, I'm not going in there with that. I, I guess because I, I value think, my I think I read one time, I don't know if it was a bison or a rhinoceros, but I think I read one time was this thing starts charging in one direction, it can't back up. Like, bison and rhinos can't run backwards or something like that. Like, they're just made to just charge and run over stuff. So, got to dust it off, man. Got to dust it off. Got to dust it off. Got to dust it off. <laughs> Raymond Ranky of Pendleton, Oregon. You are now the winner of the first doing too much award in a while. <laughs> You're doing too much, bro. Definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how, what would make you even want to do that? I don't want to. I, I guess I value life too much because I ain't. I'm going nowhere near anything that could possibly harm me. I'm not with that. Uh-uh. But it might just be me. No, I'm with you on that. You got to see me fight no bison. Not, not, not too quickly. Like, not, not in this lifetime. Like I, get, I can see a dog, maybe you know something a little smaller. But a bison? <laughs> I'm still tripping. Forget, if you haven't seen this, it's probably all over YouTube, but I'm sitting here watching the video now. I just keep rewinding it. Uh, apparently this aired on Good Morning America a couple of days ago. Brother has lost his mind, man. Like, I'm sitting here looking at the bison, man. I don't want to be nowhere around that, man. I don't even want to be in my car when the bison is around. I'm definitely not getting out to try to take this thing on head on, man. No, not even close. <laughs> can go the other way. I'm done. I'm done. Some of the most requested songs in the history of the song. Some of the most requested songs in the history of the song. KD7. This is Have Faith. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Let's go. Let's go. Sometimes I wish I could fly. I'll try, I'll try, and I'll try, yeah. Until I get it right, even when it's hard. I'll try, cause I have faith, have faith in my God. Oh, 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 oh. Cause I have faith, have faith in my God Don't let them take your mind away Because there's something greater, greater along the way Life or death, which one do you claim? I play neither, because this ain't no game Let go, my violence causes more Silence causes more silence You provide an offense Now it's time for defense You'll have to fight this 
make a U-turn Cause if you turn, you can see the one who turns But if we never make that turn You will never be content with the high you earn You will never be happy Running with the love of cuss for the love of cuss, I promise You can either be a slave to an object Or rather be a slave to the God who's on They ain't never seen a high like I got But they falling in the water like a raindrop Steady running from the top of the balcony Looking over the Hollywood Valley falling from the rooftop They became futile in their thinking. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. Who is blessed forever? Amen. I said it before, I said it again. The best rappers are the Christian rappers now. Now, last time I said that, I made a lot of secular rappers mad, and I made a lot of secular producers mad. So let me just go ahead and say this. Comments about secular hip-hop and the fact that the Christian rappers are all the best rappers now have offended you, and you have taken that personally. Personally, I don't care. You're back on the song. That's song number two over Thunderstorm's triple play. <laughs> song number three is coming up, but, man, it's been high energy. We've had a lot of fun so far. We got still over one hour left in the storm, man. But let me just go ahead and say this. We're going to slow it down. And when we came on the storm, we sat here and said the storm was going to be hip-hop. It was going to be fun. We was going to be ourselves. And we sat here and said at one point that we wasn't playing no slow stuff. But then a homegirl of mine changed all that. There are 500 songs in the dashboard. Ladies and gentlemen, there's one song that stands head and shoulders among some of the greats in the history that we have played. And it's from one of my dear friends. And she's the reason why I always am very critical about female singers and vocal delivery and things of that nature because ain't too many people can walk like sing like this and ain't too many walking in the grace like her. Ladies and gentlemen, song number three of the double play. Did I say the double play? That's two, right? Song <laughs> <laughs> number three of the triple play. Sayuri, this is microphone.
somewhere it's a Urias smiling, so are we. The only reason yeah. we started playing slow songs on the thunderstorm microphones to Yuri, I wish I could sing like that. We're back. <laughs> We're back. Yeah, the microphone. It's old trail. I get. I need. A, I need a second to calm down. I'm on cloud now. We just played three bangers. Go ahead, trail. <laughs> um. So I know everybody like me. Uh, y'all been watching the news that's been going on in the sports world. So. We have Jerry Jones now coming out and saying that he will no longer talk about the anthem. He says he is done talking about it. He, uh, I know a couple of weeks ago, uh, he came out and said that any player that decides to protest against the anthem and not stand will be fined and cut from the Dallas Cowboys. And after he said that, uh, some of his star players, such as the quarterback, Dak Prescott, and uh, the star running back, Mr. Ezekiel Elliott, came out uh, in support of Jerry Jones, and they said that they think that uh, standing, uh, not standing for the anthem is disrespectful. And after that, as I said before, Mr. Jerry Jones said he will no longer speak on the anthem protest anymore. What is y'all? What is uh, your thoughts, fellas? Uh, I say what I said the last time. I don't remember anybody kneeling for the national anthem anyway. I think it's a cop out and another, as you stated, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, Trail, if not last week, uh, another attempt by Jerry Jones to get some attention. I just get sick exactly. of talking about the Cowboys. To be honest, we just the Cowboys. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm definitely with you. But you know, Jerry always trying to grab him headlines. So when he grabs him and he say something non, uh, he say nonsense like this. We have to follow up on the story. Uh, to me, if you were going to make a statement like this, you shouldn't have started talking about it at all, uh, to be honest, because Dallas was never one of the big teams that we were worried about. Nearly. They were never, like you said, they were never one of the teams that really lived in the first place. So your team wasn't really the, the problem, that, or your team wasn't even one of the, the key teams that were being talked about as having a problem with him. So I think this is another prime example. Because he knows the Cowboys won't really do anything this season, uh, he got to win the headlines in the offseason because he knows once the season starts, uh, they're going to be a train wreck like they've been for the majority of their years uh, after those ninety after the, after the years of the 90s. And that's just what it is. DC, what's your feeling? Oh. <sighs> My thoughts on this is, first of all, Jerry Jones, shut up. Nobody's not paying no attention or your team no attention. You just worry about the Super Bowl you're not going to, okay? You can go ahead and get your nice little record, but just just worry about the Super Bowl you're not going to, brother, okay? we Nobody was meant, like Troy said, nobody's mentioning you or your team about the national anthem. None of that. Just, just go back and in the background disappear, brother. We, this ain't this ain't about you. We know you're America's team. We know you're not disrespected. Right? I, I'm you tired never of, talk about I'm tired no more. That's it. That. Leave it alone. I'm tired of hearing people use that. You can't be America's team when you had where you are towards the Cowboys. I'm sorry. For me to be a Dallas Cowboys fan, I gotta have high blood pressure every week. So therefore, <laughs> they cannot be America's team until they get a suitable record because. I live in America. You live in America. America is the land of free choice. And uh, contrary to popular belief, we are the strongest nation 
to come out that we are the people that people come to for support. The Dallas Cowboys do not show any of that. They don't exceed expectations. They are not considered to be great. They are mediocre in every turn from management on down to the coaches. I'm tired of people using that. Huh? If you, I even take this. I will take everybody calling the Patriots America's team before I can take that because at least with the Patriots, we can say what we want to say about it. We can say deflate gate. We can say they cheat. Whatever, whatever the case may be that you want to make against the Patriots, but the one thing that they do is win. If we're gonna speak, if we're gonna call somebody America's team, at least pick a team that wins. The Cowboys do not do that. You, you know what, Trey? I'm, I have I'm with you on that. I, I, you got my vote. You got my vote. Patriots for America's team. The thing about America's team is NFL films that we all love did a documentary on the Cowboys one year, and the whole point of the documentary was every time the Dallas Cowboys was going from stadium to stadium, there were a bunch of Cowboys fans there. And for that, they entitled the documentary America's team and the Cowboys like to do with everything else. They took it and ran with it. Um, I've been an Eagles fan for over 30 years. The Dallas Cowboys is how I learned what hate was. I can never call them America's team. I would never call them my team. The Ku Klux Klan could have a football team, and I'll cheer for them before I cheer for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so it looks oh, like <laughs> it feels like – it feels like we all agreed on something. It doesn't happen often on the storm, but it did. Drop the bomb because everybody agreed on the storm. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right, from that, man, oh, we back to we back to football, man. The games don't count yet, but we back to football. We had the Hall of Fame game last night. Yes, Chicago, um, Baltimore Ravens. Your Baltimore Ravens trail. Give us your impressions on the game, man. Is the uh, Joe Flacco era over in Baltimore? Is it now Lamar Jackson's team? Oh, yes, it is. it is over. It is dead, and I am excited. Now, yes, before I get ahead of myself, before everybody out there be like, "What is he so excited about?" Yes, I understand Lamar Jackson. He didn't. He didn't exactly jump off your screens last night. That's fine. It was the man's first game. He was a little jittery. He didn't know. You know, he's stepping into his first NFL game. I can expect that. Um, but I will say and that I've seen a lot in him to show me that he has the potential to be a great quarterback in this league. He threw, he threw from the pocket a lot last night, which is something that he didn't do a lot of in college. I was happy to see that he's at least learning the pro-style offense. Uh, he's throwing from the pocket more. And uh, he he showed some of his athleticism last night, uh, some cases, I thought he should have showed more of it because it was sometimes I felt like he should have run away, stayed in the pocket, and took the sacks. Um, the game overall, I like my Ravens. I like what we're doing. I feel like we just got to bring all the pieces together. This is just the preseason. It was the first game. It felt good to see him hitting somebody else. Uh, and once again, Lamar, for my Ravens fans that's listening, just give the man some time. Do not expect him to come in and play right away. I don't think that would be smart for him because, as we seen last night, he still got some things that he needs to work on. But I see the promise in him, and I think he'll be a great quarterback one day. I like Lamar Jackson. I'm um, I'm under the impression that um, I think the Louisville Cardinals are doing something special. Um with that football team, man. Um, I often picked on Bobby Petrino and the way he left the Atlanta Falcons. I think Bobby Petrino was a walking punchline. Mm-hmm. 
one thing he also he is, is an offensive genius. And Teddy Bridgewater is NFL ready for a reason, and I think Lamar Jackson is ready for NFL in a reason. And honestly, I've said this before, i say it again, not just because I hate Clemson, but I thought Deshaun Watson would struggle early. I thought he'd be good, but I thought he'd struggle early. Deshaun Watson took the lead by storm. And I actually think Lamar Jackson has the potential to be better than him. So what's your thoughts on that, D.C.? Uh, Lamar Jackson, coming out of college, I love the kid. I, I still love I still got respect for him. And even though he is on my rival's team, from what I saw, the guy did look good. I, But I do got to admit what Trey said is true. I would have liked to see him run a little bit more. But he's a rookie, so it's, it's more to come. So we just got to wait and see. No, like I said, I like him. I enjoyed it. Two in a row. What's going on? The, the fellas are agreeing. Drop the ball because we agreed two times in a row. Exactly. You know in the house. All right. Time to make the haters who hate uh, sustained dominance and excellence mad again. Uh, those of you who hate to see good guys win and hate to see people win too often will be real disappointed with this news. What's got LeBron James there, Trev? <laughs> uh, well, as y'all know, once again, uh, let me start by saying this. I am an avid. I don't see the great. I didn't see the greatness in LeBron on the court because I know some people they get they get caught up. Uh, but man, what this man has done off the court is nothing. Short of extraordinary. Uh, so basically, this past Monday, I think, yeah, it was Monday, uh, LeBron James opened uh, his public school in Ohio called the I Promise School. Um, and I'm going to just read off some of the stuff that is involved with the I Promise School. He's basically giving children uh, free bikes so they can travel to and from school to get around, you know, the the dangerous uh, parts of Ohio. He's offering, he's providing job placement for parents. Uh, He has an on-bank food site, and uh, he supports students with the uh, stress from, you know, if your family isn't, you know, financially stable, he he helps with that as well. And uh, this this is a big one for me. Starting in the year 2021, every student that graduates from LeBron James School will have a full ride to the University of Akron. That means he will pay for the whole four years for every student that comes out of his school. That's big for me because now you're giving the kids something to hope for. You're giving them something to chase for. And it's creating more doctors, more dentists, not more rappers and, you know, people, you know, it, it's giving them something to chase for. So I, I'm really excited about that. And last but not least, his, uh, he's doing a lot of outreach uh, through his school as well for at-risk kids. What's y'all thoughts, fellas? Uh, you can't. As much as I as much as I love the villain LeBron, you I can't say them I can't say them good things about the dude, man. I've I've always been on that train. Um he's not better than Jordan, but everything else I can say has got to be complimentary. I mean if you don't like this guy, we gotta start questioning some stuff about you. 
what does he <laughs> do for you not to like him? I mean, he put his homeboys on. I mean, he's never been arrested. He's a father to his children. He's in their lives. He married his high school sweetheart. We haven't heard so much about – we haven't even heard about LeBron ever getting a traffic ticket. He's a good guy who does a lot of good things. Even when he did the announcement, which made everybody mad, that was for charity. I mean, again, yeah, he never, he never, if you mad at LeBron, that's a you problem. You're just sad. That's all I got to say about that. I think, I think the one thing that's like I like I went back to, man, it's crazy that every student that graduates from his school get a full ride to college. Like for me, that, that's crazy. I don't even know how you do I that. Think because. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you even get? Like, how? How do you even do that? Like, I went to college myself, and I was, you know, I was, you know, able to finish, and I'm thankful for that. But I've seen people, and I know people that not they didn't they went to school and they couldn't finish not because they didn't have the grades, but because they simply didn't have the money. But you telling me that this man, every student that graduates from his school, is gonna have a full ride? Like, all you got to do is tell me, son, if you finish your four years of high school, I got a full ride to college waiting on you right here. That's all I need to hear. Because if I'm trying to get my mama out of the hood and I'm trying to get my mama out of of whatever situation she's in, that's the first step. Oh, I'm doing whatever I got to do. We cracking books open. We doing study night, whatever we got to do. But... Like I said, I, I wasn't a big LeBron fan on the court, and it wasn't necessarily because of him. It's because of his fans more so, because you know they say the crazy stuff like he better than Jordan and and all that, which he don't got no control over that. But you know, but outside of that, how can you hate this man off the court? <laughs> how like when he doing stuff like this? This is the one thing I think we got to understand, and this is why I'm starting to put him in that GOAT conversation with Tom Brady's and the Jordans. And I'm going to leave it at this, and it's going to be my last thing. Jordan spent millions on jails. LeBron spent millions on schools, and he's sending kids to college to make something of themselves. If that ain't a GOAT, I don't know what is. And all I got to say about LeBron James is the, the guy... It's a guy saying, I don't know what else to say about him. On the court, he's good. You know, I'm not going to say he's better than Jordan, but the man's good on the court. And it's like GQ said, people just hate the fact that he's just a successful NBA player. And he can, and he has the skills to go to different teams to get them rings. But like you said, when you got stuff like this, like making schools and just making things easier for the youth, like how, how can you hate on that? Like, you can't. I'm, I'm just you lost. Can. I'm lost for words. You, you cannot hate on this man for what he does. I've I've come to the conclusion: misery loves company is one of the most real things we was ever taught, man. Miserable people want to be miserable, and they want everybody else to be miserable. They hate to see people win. You like the Rams when it's their first time in the Super Bowl, and then when they go back the second time, you want the Patriots to win. But when the Patriots keep going back, you hate the Patriots. We liked the New York Yankees when it was Derek Jeter and these new guys that came up through the farm system and stuff. But when they kept winning, we saw that we didn't like them no more. We liked Duke when they finally got past UNLV and they won in 92. But now because Coach K became mm-hmm. who he is, now we can't stand Duke. Mm-hmm. 
Misery loves company. And you know what I'm figuring out? The same people who emailed me to talk junk about Kevin Durant are the same people who emailed me to talk junk about Tom Brady who are the same people to email me to talk about. You guys are just saying. <laughs> Find a hobby. Good God. Guys, I think it's a great, clean sweep. Three in a row. We agreed on everything. <laughs> that's the first time. And probably that was, that's the first like, time in history, ain't it? Yeah, that will never happen again. I can tell you right now, that probably that will never happen again. So make make sure this yeah, is in the right. archives. We we'll probably will never hear this again. <laughs> Ever. Archive this one. People have asked me. People have asked me before. They said, uh, "Why don't I play my own music on the fun songs?" Because um, I was really intentional about the fact that people were tuning in and knew who I was. I wanted to make sure I was shining light on other people, but. Um, I've always been humbled by the love that I get from the Thunderstorm audience and the Storm Chasers. And um, they on several occasions said that they were sick of not hearing some of that GQ uh, Christian hip-hop, man. So one of the most requested songs in the history of the Storm, he did it. Me featuring my little brother, Red Breed, who you heard earlier, and my dude, 47 Disciples. GQ forever. He did it. My little brother, Red Breed. What's up, bro? We about to go in. You already know. Christ up. Tell me who died on the cross for your sins. He did it. Lord of hell and told you to come on in. He did it. Who's got the power to overcome every day? He did it. Who picked you up and brought you out from where you been? He did it. He did it. Yeah, he did. He did it. Yeah, he did. God is good. Good, good all of the time. He did it. Yeah, he did. He did it. Yeah, he did. All glory to the one on high. Rare. Reaching lost souls from a studio in the basement. Hard work pays off and I ain't talking graduation. Dirty in my soul. I needed some irrigation. Couldn't solve the problem till I put Jesus in the equation. He did it if I could give you an illustration. His blood transfusion transformed my life in an operation. Gave me a new beginning. Forgave me for my stupidity. All a part of his plan wasn't a chance of serendipity. Some call it revelation. Others say an epiphany. I call it a testimony. Music is my ministry. Lord, help me to do this for you and not for publicity. Because honestly, with Without you, I wouldn't have the ability. I lift you up like a forklift in a factory. Yeah. You charge my soul, supernatural batteries. Wake up, people, you need to get you some reality. You want some truth? Then ask me about Calvary. Who got on the cross for your sins? He did it. For the veil and told you to come on in. He did it. Who's got the power to overcome it again? He did it. Who picked you up and brought you out from where you been? He did it. He did it. Yeah, he did. He did it. Yeah, he did. Got it good. Good, good all of the time. You know how. He did it. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, he did. All glory to the one Hallelujah. Yeah, my lover did that. He came to your boy, my heart changed like that. You know, Noah walked in the sun, never can believe that. I came from a place where they used to do crap. From the hood, homeboy, better watch your back. Never know when they're gonna ride a tat tat. Red obituary call him, now he's going like that. Too many of our kings lose life like that. So I'll be a part of change. Bring him out, bring him out. Jesus with me, give me vision how to do that. Need hope for the fatherless, can you see that? Need light in the darkness, can we be that? Uh, only one way to shine, you are one of a kind. Let the lower come and change your mind. You know it, he be not hard to find. Even if you are blind, my lower Jesus always on time. Tell me who died on the cross for your sins. He did it. For the veil and told you to come on in. He did it. Who's got the power to overcome it again? He did it. Who picked you up and brought you out from where you been? He did it. He did it. Yeah, he did. He did it. Yeah, he did. God is good. Good, good all of the time. He did it. Yeah, he did. He did it. Yeah, he did. All glory to the one on high. 
Turn to your neighbor, say Jesus paid it all. He woke me up this morning, he never let me fall. He watched me at the cinnamon, wrapped me in the glory, and never been too busy to answer me when I call. He's a constant help in trouble, one that's made newer. His glory kept on showing up clearly, hallelujah. Ripped his body nine tails, hung on the cross, be hell. Loved you when you fell short and rose, he know you so well. Somebody take his 30 seconds, give him praise. Run around the room, whatever, show surrender, hands raised. I know the hell will make you pray for better days, but the king is coming back and you ain't slaves to the pain. So now I lay me down to sleep. Lord, it's like they hate me. If I die, my soul to keep, don't let the demon take me. Bad as it can get sometimes, you love him, admit it. And in the trouble time, you smile because you still know when he did it. Tell me who got on the cross for your sins. He did it. For the bell and told you to come on in. He did it. Who's got the power to overcome it again. He did it. Who picked you up and brought you out from where you been. He did it. He did it. Yeah, he did it. He did it. Yeah, he did it. God is good. Good, good. Champion Prince Diamonds and Pearls.
So we got a dilemma. Champion on the old school bus, Prince, Diamonds and Pearls. We played two songs yesterday to try to challenge Prince because we thought, thought since Mike can't beat him, nobody can. Guess what happened, fellas? What happened? We got a tie. Tupac. Uh, we had to go reggae. We had to go. Morgan Heritage fell short by 20 votes. Tupac tied with... Uh, over 500 votes apiece, but Tupac and the champ tied. So we got a tie for the championship on the old school bus, and we got to break the tie. So we're going to try it again. We're going to try it again. Crank it up. Crank up the bus. Tupac versus Prince, part two, for the championship on the old school bus. Get him, girl. He ain't gonna never change. I ain't no hater, but that nigga lost in the game. 
after the bright lights and big things. He probably could love you, but he in love with the struggle. Every day, his mind on getting more. And never your feelings, he takes the means for show. Uh-oh, uh-oh, now you about to have his baby. Uh, another wild ass, that's gonna drive you crazy. You got too much more living to do. Spin this to you, cause you deserve more than what he giving right. you. Beautiful black, precious and complicated. A new millennium, what's the Got them all stuck standing still when she come through. Baby, take a little more time. Love will find you. It shows the shine's loose. Somebody other than me, gon' give you everything you need. Still, baby, don't cry. got a time we got the break two champions on the old school bus never happened before Tupac Prince catch your votes we got to break this tie um that's pretty much what it is man I don't normally like a whole lot of popular records and everything man that's one of them songs that gets buried when we talk about Tupac and everything but that's actually my favorite Tupac record keep your head up part two baby don't cry that's as close as you get to a tearjerker 30 minutes left in the show. 30 minutes left in the show. What are we going to talk about? There was something that came up the other day, and we said we was going to talk about something. Let me think of what it was. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, yeah. It was the marriage thing. Yeah. Sometimes we come up with topics. We stopped skipping. We stopped skipping a whole... I'm, a, I'm not going to turn up for this one tonight. I'm going to be good. 
We stopped scripting shows on a storm a long time ago, so we do a lot of things like the mailbag to make it more interactive, make it fun for you guys, let you guys get your piece in. Um, honestly, we take calls a lot, but we don't take calls as often as we used to because people don't know how to act. People come on a Christian hip-hop radio show and curse. <laughs> so everybody gets punished for the actions of those few because we can't trust some of our listeners sometimes. We love you all to death. Y'all just know y'all can't come on a Christian hip-hop radio show and curse. But we stepped on a couple of toes because the question was posed last week. This was such a good question that it's been causing quite a bit of top conversation since we left. Um, people were wondering um, if you told me correct trail or if I understood you correctly. People were wondering what some other reactions were to the marriage question and whether men or women win in the marriage question. To be honest with you, everybody that hit us up pretty much wanted to just go ahead and salute us for keeping as close to the word as possible. Nobody really felt like Actually, I got a really good email, and that email stated here, this is uh, this is Vance from Chicago, Illinois, and Vance says here and says, well done by you guys as usual. You guys are on a trip, but I always listen because you guys keep me going. Thank you for what you do. Uh, good looking out on the marriage question for keeping it close to the word. Uh, when it's the word, it can't be argued with. Mm-hmm. But let me just say this. Yeah, if you're in a situation where you're thinking about being married, uh, coming out of a marriage, and you're still trying to figure out who wins in the marriage, you're not ready to be married in the first place. No, that's very true. That's a good one. That's, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, another one comes from a sister in the um, LGBT community who was offended by the comments uh, made by us, uh, mainly me, that God always defines how he wants something to be in the first place and says it's a little archaic for me to still be saying that marriage consists of a man and a woman. Um, And let me say this, too. Never, never have I ever sat here and tried to make somebody feel bad for anything that they're going through or anything that they're experiencing. But I have said this on more than one occasion. It's got me on more than one occasion in trouble, and it's going to probably get me in trouble tonight. There's a reason why homosexuality is moved over to the other realm when we have conversations about this topic and we had a marriage conversation. I will never try Mm -hmm. to beat somebody out of what it is that they may be experiencing. I may never try to make anyone feel like less of a person or I'm better than them because we all have issues and things that we work on. But I'm also about by the fact that we always have to preface what we're about to say by saying that when we talk about sin. There's a reason why homosexuality stands out in my mind and is different than everything else. Because I don't have to tell mm-hmm. Christians, you shouldn't drink, get drunk, and behave like you're publicly intoxicated. You shouldn't beat your wife. You shouldn't do drugs. You shouldn't denounce Christianity. You should never turn against Jesus. <laughs> I don't have to tell people to do those things. I don't have to tell somebody they were wrong because you just cursed out somebody that, you know, probably shouldn't have been cursed out or there was a better way for you to find something. Conviction comes upon you and you feel that stuff yourself. But whenever we talk about one particular sin, we always have to preface that with so many other arguments, and that's why homosexuality is different. Homosexuality is different because this is one sin that we're trying to rewrite the Bible for. Homosexuality is different because that's the one sin that I have to convince you that you're doing something wrong in the first place. Homosexuality is the one sin that people engage in that they'll sit there and tell me, nothing's wrong with me for doing this. I'm not struggling with this. Once you get to the point where you sit there and tell me that you are not operating in sin, 
and you're operating in that sin and you're telling me that you have no problem with it, then it becomes rebellion. And then I have always said, I've said this in concerts, I've said this in preaching, I've said this in ministry, I'll always say this. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me from the bottom of my heart. If you ever come to me with something that you're dealing with and you tell me what your issues are, I'm going to love you as best as I can. I'm going to make you feel good about who you are. I'm going to make you feel good about what you're capable of becoming. I'm never going to look down at you for anything that you may have done. I can't do it. I've done too much stuff myself. Mm-hmm. But when you ask me what the Bible says, I have to tell you what the Bible says. And when you tell me that once we've told you what the Bible says, because everybody keeps talking about rewriting the Bible because we know what the Bible says on the subject. Whenever you tell me that you know what the Bible says and you're going to do what you want to do anyway, then there's a point where we can't talk anymore. And there's a point where I have to correct right. you in a loving fashion because that's not judgment. It is not judgment to tell you something that you already know. That's correcting you in love, and that's the way I will always handle it. So in my mind, homosexuality is indifferent, and the thing that we've gotten confused on is marriage wasn't created by the United States of America. It wasn't created in Great Britain when we were over there. It wasn't created by the Catholic Church. Marriage was created by God, and God told you how he wanted mm-hmm. marriage to work. Anything mm-hmm. right. indifferent of that is not in accordance with what he said. So that's all I got to mm-hmm. say on that subject. Fellas, it's on you. Um, well, I'm going to start it off. Uh, for one, thank you to, who was it, Vance in Chicago? Thank you for what you said. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly with what you said. Um, you know, you have to know all the, know in your heart that you're ready for marriage before you actually try to step out and do it. Because a lot of times where people mess up is because they find themselves in love for a season they think that we can make it last forever, and when you when you get married, that's something you just can't take back. That's you got to go through paperwork, and it's hard to to get out of something like that. So, for anybody that's thinking about it, uh, or that's in the stage of wondering, just make sure that it's something that you're completely ready to do. Don't do it because you love somebody, and they're telling you, "Oh, I want to marry you." Be sure in your heart that it's what you want to do. As for uh. The person from the L- uh, the LBGT community, uh, man, I've always been one of them people. I I'm willing to listen to anyone's argument, but like uh, going toward the same vein with GQ. Once I tell you what the Bible says, uh, I've always been taught that the Bible can never be argued. So whether you want to argue with me or not, listen, I didn't write the book. <laughs> um, so it's one of them things where you can't shoot the messenger. Just take it in love and understand that we're gonna we're gonna differ in that perspective. You come to me for my my advice or my opinion, then take it, whether you agree with it or not. Don't say I'm more than. Don't say I'm not who I said I was because I don't agree with with that stance. Because just because I don't agree with your stance doesn't make me less of who I said I or who I told you that I was. Um, but a lot of times uh, with the LBGT community, it's almost like if you have to find a way to fit it in and make it sound good, that probably means it's not supposed to be there. That's just like a puzzle piece. 
If you got to force a piece into a puzzle, that ain't where it's supposed to be. Anything that's supposed to be in God's word, anything that's supposed to be where it's supposed to be, you don't have to force it. That's just like a relationship. If a relationship is meant to be, it it won't seem forced. A friendship that you're in, if it's really meant to be, it won't seem forced. Anytime that we have to keep on going through these arguments, and I've, I've had a lot of them with a lot of different people, just because uh, they try. I've heard people say you can't fight happiness. I'm happy with this. That's fine. That's your happiness. When you get up there and you have to talk to God, that's what you're going to have to answer for. I can't answer for you and no one else can. That's going to be between you and God. So what you choose to do is what you choose to do. But the one thing that I will say is if the puzzle piece don't fit, stop trying to make it fit. Because every time you come to me and, like GQ said, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. That's all I've learned how to do. That's all we've been taught to do. So once that's what I do, you can take it in love and you can call me everything but a child of God, but that's still not going to change my opinion. It only changes people when you can be easily persuaded. But when you truly know what the Bible says, there's no persuading in that. It's a lot of things that people can compromise on, but that's not one of them. So stop trying to make your puzzle pieces fit where they don't belong. And if you don't want an honest opinion, stop asking honest people. Because that's exactly what you're going to get. And I'm done with that. What's up, DC? Well, first of all, my opinion on the whole marriage thing is yes. Um, First of all, like they said, don't rush into anything unless you absolutely know that person from head to toe. It doesn't matter how long you've been with the person. You can be with somebody for 10 years and still not know who they are when you can know somebody for two months and they can be the best one for you. It's not all about time. It's all about just what you know in that person. You have to learn them. You have to read them. And that's what people fail to realize. Some people people just want to jump into marriage just to say they got a ring. Okay, you got a ring. Are you happy? Is that person helping you out? Is it fifty? Yeah, is it is it yeah, not just a one way street? Is this a democracy or does everybody have their own opinion? That's what everybody said to us about this stuff. And the only reason why I'm yeah. so adamant about this because I always told a female that I was dealing with, this is fifty fifty. I always want to hear from your point of view, just like I want you to hear from mine. I don't ever just want to run it. And be like, okay, we're doing this. Is what I say. No, that's not how I was raised to be. I was raised with respect for women, and that's what we're gonna do. And that's another thing: these relationships, you have to respect each other. If you have no respect, the relationship is not gonna last. The marriage is not gonna last. You're gonna be filling out them papers probably the same day you said I do. So unless you want that and the unhappiness, go ahead and be my guest. Don't rush to the altar. But I guarantee you, you will be miserable and you will be hurt. And nothing is worse yeah. than a broken heart. Trust me. Talk now, to, and now, to my opinion, with the LGBT, just like GQ and Troy brought up what the Bible said, you cannot lay down the same stuff. I've always read that. And honestly, in my opinion, 
I I'm just gonna say I can't tell people who they love who who they can love, you know, who they who they can be attracted to. But I'm like they said, we're just telling you what it says in the Bible. Nobody's gonna crucify you or lynch you a bad Matthew, we're just telling you like it is. And it's like Trail said, please stop asking people for their opinions if you don't want the real answer. You're wasting your time, you're wasting a person's time. If you're not going to like it, do not ask. I have, I have a huge problem with people who be like, oh, you can tell me too. I can handle it. I'm a real person too. And then when they get it, they cannot take it. How are you able to dish it out, but you cannot take it? This is just what we taught people. This is just what the Bible says. Trey, GQ, myself, we didn't write this. God wrote this. We're just telling you what it says. And just like, just accept yourself and just be happy. If you're happy, hey, I'm happy. It's I'm. It's just not for me, but you know, it's just the way we live, in, and I'm just leaving it at that. So, little brother is slamming his fist on the table now. Wise man told me once you start, once you start punching the table, he meant what he said. <laughs> Hey, I'm sitting there watching this, brother. I'm like, yo, once you start beating the table, that hey, you, you meant every word you said, man. You meant every word you said. <laughs> All right, everybody's emailing me, guys, on the Thunderstorm mailbag. Um, call the show, 602-753-1759. Email the show, thunderstormradio66 at gmail.com, thunderstormsports66 at gmail.com. Everybody's emailing me. Looks like Prince is going to win the rematch, if we can call it a rematch. But uh, we had to determine a winner because we had a tie. Uh, Prince is jumping out of here again. So the question becomes, if Mike can't do it and Tupac can't do it, looks like Prince is going to retire as a champion. Now, we're trying to make this as fair as possible. Now, I could care less if Prince retires as a champion. Y'all know that. (laughs) But we're trying to make it as fair as possible. So why don't we do this? Why don't we go, since we've been riding the old school bus and some of the most requested songs in the history of the storm all night, why don't we go to the old school bus for one of the most beloved songs in the history of the old school bus? Crank it up and let's see if we can be Prince with this one. This is a Thunderstorm favorite.
Some of you are confused. She is Whitney Houston's cousin, and before she was on the Psychic Network, Dionne Warwick was actually a singer. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Some of y'all are confused. That is Dionne Warwick singing. That is That's What Friends Are For. Ladies and gentlemen, I have stacked the deck since y'all say I cheat on the old school bus. I have stacked the deck as much as I can. I've given you Prince. I have given you Michael Jackson. And now we go head-to-head with Prince with the highest vote-getter in the history of the old school bus and a former champion itself, Dionne Warwick. That's what friends are for. One of the favorite old school records on the storm. Ladies and gentlemen, we trying to take a champion out with a champion. Can it be done? I can't remember the last time we did so much in the show, man. We 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 worked our behinds off tonight, fellas. Good job, good job. Give yourself a round of applause. Give yourself a round of applause. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sound man, sound man. Yes, yes, Can you just please give us a round of applause as a collective? We did yeah. just about everything except the gauntlet. Ladies and gentlemen, we've given you triple plays and double plays. Ladies and gentlemen, we have given you sports news and entertainment news. We've given away a Petty Wap Award, and we brought back the Doing Too Much Award. We did everything tonight. Everything. Everything. All right. We got one song left in the. We got one song left in the. Uh, in the in in. Well, while we take a trip down memory lane, man. The old school bus has been riding all night. We've been riding down memory lane. We got one song left, man. But we also got about about seven minutes left in the show. Epic. Epic has been holding it down tonight, man. Man, give yourself a round of applause, dude. No, for real, man. Give yourself a round of applause. <laughs> Eddie's been holding it down tonight, man. Appreciate you for all the work that you do behind the scenes. Uh, like Terminator X, the brother didn't talk. But um, we can even give you one for the road. Let's do one for the road real quick. This is something that's been on my mind for a while. Supporting black businesses. I was talking to the fellas before we took the air tonight. Uh one of the things I find troubling about being a black man in this country is the fact that since we were brought to this country, we were brought to this country to work against our wills. Some of us worked against our wills. Some of us worked a little bit harder than others. But we were brought to this country to work, and it's a, it's a sentiment and it's a thought process we never grew out of. Everybody else is taught in their culture to grow up to own something, to run stuff. And when they come over to our country, it seems as though we're being left behind by some other races who got here after we did. Mm-hmm. Everybody in this country, unless you're Native American, can lay claim to the fact of being an immigrant, which is why it's always funny when people tell me who they should and should kick out the country. All of us came here on a boat. <laughs> but this is my point. Some of us came on a boat, and when I walk to the local Chinese restaurant, I see the entire family working. Sometimes I see the children actually running all the most important parts of the business. They're answering the phone. They're taking your order. They're taking your money at the cash register. Mom and dad don't even take the money at the cash register. But what are they teaching their kids? This is how you run a business. This is how you sustain a business. This is how a business works. So even if you go off to school, son, daughter, when you come back, this is something that we built that belongs to us, and you can have it if you want to. I've seen other races come over here and build hotels. I've seen people build gas stations. But everybody comes with the mind frame of, I'm coming to pave away for myself and I'm making something that's mine. And it is mine, so I can give it away. That's why we do the thunderstorm. Trail, D.C., and I will all get old. Well, maybe not me. Maybe Trail and D.C. 
But at some point, those brothers will get old, <laughs> and they'll have children of their own. Yeah, really. And and what's going to end up happening is, if we're blessed to have sons, maybe we can give our sons a thunderstorm, and it doesn't have to die just because we do. Maybe when inside the eagles is what it is, I can do. That's why I do that every single day, ladies and gentlemen. I can give away jobs. I can give the dream of being a sports writer to people who've wanted that dream their whole life. I have the power to employ people. I have the power to give them a platform. We have the power to give people a platform here. That's the whole point. It's about leaving a legacy, leaving something that's still here when you're gone. When I made music, 50 years after I'm dead, Vanity will still be in the copyright office. Hopefully somebody's still playing and listening to it. People write books because they want to leave something that's here when they're not. But too often in the black community, what we do is we grow up, we teach each other how to get a job, we go to work, and we go to school just to learn how to go get a job. Then we go looking for somebody to employ us to learn how to do what we've already been doing instead of doing it ourselves. Meanwhile, in the Chinese community, what they're doing is they're building businesses and giving them to their children. When I see Hispanics working on their houses, I see other Hispanics on the roof helping. And we're told to support black business, but this is my problem with supporting black businesses. I can only support the black businesses that own themselves and operate themselves like a business. Because it is disappointing to hear so many sisters tell me they can't take their son to get a haircut because daddy's not in their lives, and they feel uncomfortable about being the only woman in the barbershop because you black man made them feel that way. They're looking for a homeboy or hopefully a boyfriend or maybe a husband one day to help them go get their carburetor fixed or get their transmission looked at. And they hate going to the black-owned business because rather than trying to, time for an adult moment, rather than trying to help the sister, you're too busy trying to figure out a way to have her pay you and lay with you. We have a responsibility as black men to protect our sisters. We have a responsibility if we're going to run businesses to run them appropriately. I myself, I told the fellows this earlier today. I meant it as a joke, but it's serious. I myself got myself into a little bit of legal trouble when I was still coming up in the world. <laughs> and I looked for a black lawyer. Couldn't find one. The only ones who called me back first were the white lawyers. And after he got me out of trouble that I was responsible for and guilty of, <laughs> the black lawyer called me a week later. Are you still looking for legal representation? No, brother, I am not. Fellas, it's on y'all. Uh, sorry for taking up so much time. We got about got about three minutes left in the broadcast. What y'all got? Oh, simple man. I'm a person that I I've been taught to operate in excellence. We all understand we can never be perfect, but you want to operate as efficient and as flawless as you possibly can. Those are the black businesses that I like to support. I try my best to support uh, black-owned businesses because I understand we all got to start from somewhere. So it's one of those things where I want to do my part in supporting and, you know, getting the word out. So I do my best to support them, but, you know, I only do it to the ones that I feel like have a spirit that, uh, you know, they operate. They're not operating for where they are. They're operating for where they're going. So that's all I got to say about that one. And yeah, that's me do. myself. Like the the same what you guys said. As long as they treat themselves like a real business and they take themselves seriously, then of course I'm more than willing and ready to 
help promote them or give support. But if if you're lacking in in that subject, then it's yeah, it's a big no for me. And that's that's just all I have to say on that topic. <laughs> Here's a life lesson, and we'll go ahead and write out with this one. Number one, business means it makes money and it works whether you come to work or not. Self-employed means it works and it's yours, but you have to show up to work every day. There's a difference between the two. Stop calling your business a hustle, and maybe people will take you seriously. But there's one more thing that I need you guys to remember, and always remember this as well. Um, if you are serious about what we're doing, we'll always support you here at the storm. You always got a platform with us. You can always come through. We're going to help you push whatever it is that you got going on if it kills us. You know any entrepreneurs, you know any business owners, you know anybody that's trying to get something out of the ground, having a little bit of trouble getting the word out, holler at us. It's been real. It's been yeah. fun. There's only one way we can go out in the storm tonight, and it's with our sister. She joined us a couple of weeks ago. She closed the show out on many, many occasions. I have lost count. It's only right that she closed the show out again. Jesse's story, we love y'all. We know we're listening. So you're here to stop, fellas. She said thank you for playing microphone. We've got an SEC, ACC football preview coming up. It's coming up soon. It's next weekend. The SEC, ACC football schedule. We're right out with Jesse's story. Appreciate y'all listening. we we'll holler at y'all later. K6. Hey, We got another one. I'm not sorry for the road that I cross. I'm not sorry for my pain or my loss. I'm not sorry for my black and blue.